calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Where's everyone going? Bingo. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Hello and welcome to the IGN UK podcast. Those I dulcet am... tones, I've missed oh, them. <laughs> oh, it's been it's been a long two weeks for some people, I'm sure, but I'm back in the saddle. Simon Cardi is here, along with Dale Driver. Hello. And Matt. Welcome back. I'm just going to go with Matt. Yeah, I didn't forget your surname. I know you're Matt Jones, but I just went with Matt, um, so um, people could have that second of suspense, which Matt. Oh isn't. my god! And there are three Matts, as we found out last episode. So <laughs> yeah. we've got we employ a we've lot got, of Matts. We've got Matt Jones, but first, oh, but there's excitement in my voice, and it's I'm just uh, I'm feeling loose. I'm just feeling loose. I'm feeling high on life. I'm feeling good, and it's not only because we've got some films to talk about. We've we've only gone and got another look at the Barbie trailer, and my word, am I excited! <laughs> Anyone else excited as excited <laughs> yeah, as me about as, this? I just <laughs> want to know. <laughs> I just want to know oh, what it is. What? I know. What is that movie? <laughs> the intrigue. I just. I think it's going to be a comedy musical, but with also probably some actual like trying to actually make a point via Barbie, and I'm yeah. not really sure what's going on. So and I, before I just what literally just watched that trailer, and before yeah. I would just watch that trailer, I always had it in my mind that it was a fish out of water sort of situation and it might mm. still well be that but the trailer was very much stuck in the Barbie oh, in toy Barbie world. land yeah. yeah 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 I don't like there was the sign pointing to the human world and their their car does turn to plastic at one point so we'll see what uh, it's fantastic there but yeah yeah I mean yeah I sort of we were watching Dale watch the trailer and <laughs> you were having a great time uh watching Simulu and um Ryan Gosling just talk about beaching each other off yeah <laughs> but it's so, a it's a thing where it's just um uh, ridiculously just repetitive of the joke where it becomes unfunny and then it becomes funny again. Just keep yeah. saying the same lines. Keep calling each other Ken at the end of every sentence as well. <laughs> it's, just, a, it's really good. I the can't wait single frame of Michael Sarah during that scene yeah. is well, Alan. Like, well placed. I can't wait to see more Alan. Like, we need more Michael Sarah. I, yeah. I want Michael Sarah and everything. Yeah. Do, you know, like, do you know what's underappreciated? Or maybe it is appreciated, but I don't feel like anyone ever talks about it. It's Michael Sarah and This Is The End. 
where he's mm-hmm. just like a he's, raging yeah, an like yeah. coke sex addict sort of yeah. situation. Also, also in um, Twin Peaks: The Return, when he just pops up as Marlon Brando. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like about different that. versions of Marlon Brando. It's so odd. He's just like the full like on the waterfront Marlon Brando for like at the end of an episode. It's so weird. He's I love him. Um, but yeah, and it's Greta Gerwig. Like if I could be anyone in the world right now. I probably want to be Greta Gerwig. I want that talent. Like, Little Women, incredible. Lady Bird, incredible. Like, I want to be in Francis Ha. Why can't I be in Francis Ha? But there you go. You can't have everything in life, can you? But we can have the Barbie movie out in July on the same day as Oppenheimer. What a double bill. Get your tickets for the double feature. (laughs) (laughs) Which way? I feel like you've got to do... I was talking about this first, last and then night. Have yeah. the palette cleanser. It's because um, the outfit change is easier if you're wearing a suit first, and you can like you know just take that <laughs> yeah. like suit jacket off. Wait, do you dress for the cinema? Yeah, absolutely. Whatever <laughs> film you're seeing, <laughs> that full 1940s, yeah, like grey suit jacket, and then under it is just like a, a, a pink onesie. Mm-hmm. Even like yeah. when I've gone to like been lucky enough to go to like fan screenings or like mm. big events. I remember me and Cardi went to the Doctor Strange. Multiverse yeah, of Madness yeah. one. And even then I was dismissive of people dressing up. And like, <laughs> that's absolutely fair enough. That's an absolutely opportunity to dress up. But mm-hmm. I'm so cynical and miserable that even then I was like, what yeah. would you bother? Well, speaking of screenings, me and Matt were lucky enough last night to go to a screen of the Mario movie. Let's um, a where go. There were a few. Yes, let's a go. It's what we there said were... before we walked in. <laughs> yeah, there were a few people dressed oh, no. up. There are a few people with Mario hats on. Um, there weren't any like full-on cosplays. Oh, that's okay. I don't know if you spotted any map, but I did see quite a few Mario hats. The odd moustache, fake moustache around. Uh, <laughs> no Bowser's? Like, yeah, no big King Boos or anything. Or anything. <laughs> yeah, um, I suppose we should talk about the film. Some people have probably seen it by now. We are recording this on Wednesday, the day it comes out, because it's Star Wars Celebration on Thursday and Friday, which you've probably already heard the announcements from but we don't know what they are yet but, no. so we can't talk about them that's how that's how life and time works if you Catch didn't us know next how week. time works yeah maybe next week we'll talk about that but this week yeah we're going to talk about uh we're going to talk about the mario movie talk about the tetris movie a couple of nintendo Ooh. movies and you know what a little bit more resident evil 4 because it's perhaps i'm thought i haven't thought more about this up until this point probably the best game so far this year it's in the running. um right mario we haven't spoken about it yet uh, on what our thoughts are. I, I would like to know what you think first, Matt. What, what did you think of the Mario movie? It's all right. Oh, <laughs> there we go. Move that. on. Let's go. <laughs> uh, I think that it's like got an incredible amount of very silly things in it. When mm-hmm. like, I don't think a lot of the jokes that it tries to make hit, but a lot of the just very silly visual gags. There's a bit mm-hmm. where I think I'll... I'll spoil this because it's my favourite. There's a, like a little bit of a song playing in one scene and then the mm-hmm. camera pans and Toad has been playing the song the whole time on a little fl- flute that like mm-hmm. made the audience crack up. And there's like a, a handful of really good moments like that that are really silly. And I think those hit like way harder than any of the jokes that it was trying to do. Um, I think I... that it's like a really good representation of like Nintendo as a concept, right? Like the mm-hmm. the... Um, the color schemes great. I think that they get the moving correctly. I think Chris Pratt actually does a pretty, like a particularly good ac- uh, accent. Mm-hmm. Um, and even like 
there are like close-up things where you're looking at the texture on Mario's hat, and it's got like <laughs> such a like fluffiness. They've yeah. got it exactly correct. Illumination of they know how to animate. Let's mm-hmm. put it that way. Like I'm not a huge like I know we uh, <laughs> like we were talking a lot about minions on this podcast probably about four years ago now, <laughs> and how they should respect our servicemen. But I've never been a huge minions fan. But I've always like respected Illumination as an animation team. Like they're yeah. incredible, mm-hmm. and yeah, it, like like you said, like they've got the visuals of this down. Like it looks and sounds more specifically exactly how it should. Like all the little music cues, all the little noises. Did you like and, Luigi's ringtone? By the way, did I you think did. that was fun? Like there's so many like Easter eggs, and I think that's like I've seen a lot. There's quite a few. Um, I'm not going to bash critics, everyone has thoughts, but there's a lot of reviews out there, I think they're like one or two stars and like overly cynical about it, like this is like, oh it's like you're walking like, you know, down a toy store aisle or you're just like watching a game, it's like, I don't don't think that is, I think, I think this is a really charming kids film to be honest, and if you're into, yeah, and if you're into Mario... I I was smiling for it. I was having I was having a good time. I don't think it's by any means a masterpiece. Like it's a three star film. Like I had a fun time. It's charming. Uh, but yeah, I don't think this is a bad film. And anyway, it's only an hour and twenty minutes as well. It flies by. Um, but yeah, I agree. Like Chris Perfect's absolutely fine. I never had a problem with him doing the voice. Like he sounds absolutely fine. Well, and you'd say LaJoy was a great Princess Peach. So there you go. Yeah. Um, Charlie Day, great. I think underutilized, yeah. unfortunately. I think he's not uh, in it Jack as Black, much as you great really as want. Bowser. Very good. The I, one that was a little distracting was like Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong is just Seth Rogen. It is. <laughs> he's not even Donkey doing Kong. a voice. <laughs> he Keegan, even does the laugh. What like Keegan Michael Key, how's he in it? He was a good Toad, actually. Yeah, yeah Toad is good. I like Toad. Um, I actually, I thought a lot of the humour did land, and it's like they do like kind of the Pixar thing of like throwing in a couple of more like adult jokes that would just go over the head of kids in there which is quite good but um my favorite character by far is the little blue loomer from super mario really galaxy good. yep uh, just basically just a really depressed character. Like, just like settlingly <laughs> cynical like it's yeah. just like it's weird you probably yeah. if you've seen the trailer you've seen a glimpse of them and they're just like yeah in a cage just basically being like the only sweet relief from life is death and stuff like mm. that it's just sounds like all the critics that wrote about yeah. it oh, <laughs> no there's a lot of good reviews out there it's just i think yeah people you know it's just a good kids film like i think i i tweeted earlier today it's like if i was a six or seven year old like if this came out 20 years 25 years ago even um like and i had the vhs at home i would be like putting this on every day and my parents would be sick of it like mm-hmm. i'd i'd be loving it like it's not brilliant and you know it does you you will want to stay to the end it does tease some stuff i'm not going to say Ooh, what it teases there's a little guy oh there's a couple of little guys um i think you know, people I... will uh will probably ask so i'll i'll save them the email mm. though what do you think it, how do you think this uh measures up to the sonic movie let's go I... with just the first one not the second well here's where i admit i've never seen the sonic movie ah. so i can't measure it up with the sonic movie okay um I How think, would you uh, measure it up? I reckon Sonic <laughs> Movie's got the edge, personally. Really? Although Ooh. I did prefer the Mega Drive as a kid rather than the SNES. So. See, yeah, I wasn't a Sonic kid. I was definitely a Mario kid. Mm-hmm. So. so take mm. from that what you will. Yeah. I think I think it's an enjoyable film. I think it's quite charming. I I had a good time. Like I was never once bored. Like It moves along at a pace. It is kind of just like, you're not coming to this for the plot. It's very much, you know, what's the plot of the original Mario game? It's Save Princess Peach. It's not going far off of that. They kind of do turn on its head a little bit mm. at times, but it's basically a film of like, how can we get from one Mario set piece from a game you'll recognise to the next one? 
And like, there is a really good section, I think, that's basically Mario Kart meets Fury Road, mm. and that is quite fun. It's got a c- couple really good gags, actually, leading towards that as well, which I, I think mm-hmm. is worth it. Yeah. So, uh, no revisionist history about how we evolved from dinosaurs in this one, then? Unfortunately. They don't even really <laughs> reference the old movie at all, actually. I thought it'd I mean, so they should not. But I thought <laughs> they, they, they like, do clear. something, you know, yeah. a little like, wink to the camera, but there's nothing. Yeah. I, I really, are you going to go see it, Dale? Do you think Definitely, this is one like, yeah. on TV? You're going to go see it at the cinema? Honestly, if I didn't have um, a pregnant wife right now, I probably would have gone with you guys <laughs> to see it last night, but I can't get away much at the moment. Is that uh, the but, on-podcast reveal? Is everybody going to send you congratulations uh, Potentially, now? but they don't care. <laughs> they want to hear talk about video games and movies. And, um, the, uh, so, yes, I was uh, really Tell us about your latest scan. How was that? <laughs> yeah, we were really excited to see it. Um, I was really excited the to kid? see it. The kid? Yeah. Oh, I thought it will be. Kid. When the kid's born. Yeah. Um, You're going to name them the... Luigi? <laughs> okay, can we leave this out? I wish I'd mentioned it. Toad. Uh, donkey driver? <laughs> no, we've already established Donovan anyway, so... Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Obviously, the wife is very on board of us calling it Donovan. Anyway, yeah. where, where are we at? <laughs> uh, so, yes, I'm very excited to see it, and I'm hopeful, because we've got Star Wars Celebration this week, so I'll probably mm. get a chance this weekend, but... Got some days off next week, so I think I might just have a little stroll down to the cinema and watch it for myself. Mm-hmm. Hour and it's 20 very- minutes as well. Sounds amazing. I'm well yeah. into that. It's very good. Well, it's, it's very good. It's enjoyable. Like, I don't think you'd be... If you're into Mario, there'll be a lot of times you're just like, yeah, they got that right. Like, There's even a bit like... It's sort of right at the start of the film. And I think, again, this is in the trailer, where they deliberately go to like the 2D like angle, like the side-on nice. to do a little running scene. You're like... Yeah, he's mm. he's jumping on things. He does. He does slide <laughs> down a fire pole. Yeah, it's pretty good. Ooh. Or flagpole, sorry. Um, yeah, I re- I I really like it. Um, yeah, I don't know if you got any more any more questions about it. I mean, you're gonna see it soon anyway, I suppose. But um, yeah, I know, not really. Like, I'm yeah, I'm just very excited to see it and. Like, it sounds exactly like what I always thought it was going to be. I didn't think it was going to mm. be film of the year, but I thought it was going to be sort of, yeah, like a Minions level version, but it's yeah. palette swap for Mario almost, you know? Like, they've got the tone down. It's not like, yeah. you know, the genre-defining piece, like, you know, The Last of Us TV-wise is like, you know, like, that's like a next level of, like, of, of adaptation. This is very much like, they haven't got it right. I think that was the key, like, yeah. especially following on, was it 93, the yes. first movie? No, like maybe 91, but yeah, a long time ago. The anyway. 90s one, like, they just, objectively, they, they just got that wrong. <laughs> like, yeah. they just didn't get what Mario was. That is and... sort of the way that we're grading it. It's like, this isn't a this isn't a failure, Yeah. so it's, like they it's just good, it's get done it. The tone right, yeah. this. and I think they did, like, and who knows where they they'll go from this? But there's, there's almost definitely gonna be another one. You yeah, think? I wouldn't be surprised if this was a mega hit, and then we build on this, and we get we're four films deep, mm-hmm. you know, in a few years' time, we have a Smash Brothers style Avengers film or something like. Who knows where they're gonna go with it? But I really, I, I think it'll have to be like the fourth of movie of these that they make, but they'll do Luigi's Mansion. Right, like oh, really? that just, or maybe that just seems yeah. it seems appropriate. Taking Mario out of the headline, yeah, though. that's why it'd be or the fourth sh- one. Maybe you know? they'll do it as like a short or something. Mm. Who knows? But yeah, I um, yeah, I, I really liked it, and yeah, I mean, I feel like we've talked more this year about video game adaptations, like film and TV. It's crazy. We have it? actual games, <laughs> but yeah, and it's not stopping here because let's talk about Tetris, which isn't. I saw a mad tweet. It was like the latest. Oh, I think it was the. Uh, like subhead of a review of it, it was like this adaptation is not it's, it's not an adaptation no, it's not no, an adaptation it's of story. Tetris yeah. <laughs> no it's a story of of like, it's like the yeah. social network it's not like 
Social well, network's an adaptation of Facebook, yeah. is it? Here's where Same I... Thing. Exactly. An yeah, an adaptation of Facebook. It'd be like um, if you, like, you know, the story about translating Don Quixote into English, right? Mm. It'd be like that. It wouldn't be an adaptation of Don Quixote. <laughs> exactly. Um... Yeah, again, we've we've deliberately not shared our thoughts on this film. Um, You're not asking. I'm going to go first. I thought you might. This is just like bang average. Like, yeah, like it's all right, this isn't is it? like I put this film. I in my head, I don't know if I've ever said this on the podcast. The most average film I've ever seen in my life was the film Sully by Clint Eastwood okay, with Tom yeah. Hanks, where they're trying to land the plane in the Hudson River. Like that to me is like the most mediocre film I've ever seen in the cinema. I left it. I was just like, yeah. I didn't like, and similar to this, like it's based on true events, but half of it's just absolute nonsense that never happened. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this film is firmly in the Zully zone uh, for me. I don't like. I feel like they basically should have tried to make it like the Social Network and have that tone, but instead they've made a really poor man's version of Argo. <laughs> <laughs> which that is what it's like you're right yeah. yeah yeah like and i love argo i feel like people have forgotten that film despite it winning like the best picture oscar like 10 years ago like, i really love that film yeah. and this is kind of trying to do that and i've even like read some interviews like even the creators of tetris um like the real people in the film they're like yeah we looked at some the scripts but basically there were some non-negotiables like a car chase that we just couldn't take out Fuck um and do you know what? The car chase is one of the more interesting parts of the film because it, it injects a bit to it. And they do some cool like visual stuff with like that I quite enjoyed with like the pixels. Um like I wish they did a bit more of that, a bit more like <laughs> creativity to it. A bit try and do something different with it, because for the most part it was just a typical trying to be a Cold War thriller. And by the, what I mean by Cold War thriller is let's shoot lots of scenes in what looks like Russia, put a grey filter over it and pretend that Russia was just in darkness for 50 years. <laughs> I think they yeah. shot in Glasgow as well, which yeah. is really funny. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's, a, it's funny that you like that, that car chase scene. It's because, I think it's for, for an hour and a half, I was like, this is pretty dull. It is just people in meetings, this, this yeah. whole movie. <laughs> so, but I don't mind that because like, The Social Networks is literally one of my favourite yeah. films. Right? I've watched, yeah. I watched it again the other week. I don't mind that. But as that long was as... written by Aaron Sorkin. This wasn't. <laughs> but like, as long as the sense of tone and drama and characterization is there, which Social Network, that, that's what carries yeah. the entire film. They don't need action sequences. Yeah. And um, they didn't the... have to really, well, you know, I'm not saying Social Network is 100% true because it's not, but it's kind of, the story is pretty much there as this. Like, are you telling me that really the uh, the head of like the Russian like computer company headbutted Philip Maxwell. <laughs> no. I don't think he did. <laughs> I mean I mean I read the Wikipedia afterwards. Like the general beats of who owned what at what time and how yeah. they got their rights is there. They've just yeah. obviously heavily dramatized it. That's yeah. not my problem. I don't mind that I understand that in films sometimes you need to spice these things up. I th I think I've got like two major problems with it. One, I think I hate proper hate all the Tetris graphics and all this uh, pixel art graphics all over it mm -hmm. because I think it makes it look cheap. Like the, again, I agree. I didn't um, like those. Yeah, those tarts was a bit like, is this a documentary? I don't know yeah. what's going on here. But the, the filter but wasn't so... especially good as well. Like no. It doesn't look like 8-bit graphics. Mm. It looks well, like a weird filter just over the beginnings of uh, like shots. Yeah. It serves nothing. Like It serves nothing to the story. And also, it's not like back to the social network. It's not like that was covered in Facebook graphics the entire time. We're mm -hmm. telling this like, just getting poked you know, complicated. Every five We're telling a people's story, right? Ultimately, like Tetris is just the vessel for that. So we don't need these like transitions. And then that car chase scene where it just randomly cuts to that overhead 
like eight yeah. bit version so, of a car chase. I say Pointless. I I I I liked the way that they were like they they were trying something with it, and that's what I mean. Like if they'd done that more consistently throughout in that style, I would have liked it more. Mm. Like I agree, like the actual like full screen, just like computer graphics look pretty poor. Yeah. Like right, maybe yeah. a version of the script where it's like the game is kind of bleeding into the way that he sees the world a little bit. Like, he, mm. he'd done that line in the beginning of it where he was like, you know, I played it for five minutes, yes. but I've been thinking about it. Like, that, mm-hmm. like, following him, the idea that, like, you can still do the graphical stuff, yeah. but it's about his perception. I just, I wish there was just, I just think it was yeah. so unnecessary. Mm. I don't think, of, like, if mm-hmm. you write a good enough, like, drama piece about about mm-hmm. people dealing with this property that they want to own and make money from, ultimately yeah. it's, a, it's a capitalist story right and we like the idea of just yeah it felt like it like cardi said it felt like it was a documentary about one of those yeah. ones like awesome 90s and or mm-hmm. something like that it was just it cheap it made the whole thing feel cheap yeah and i could have done with like film. a bit less of like the mirror soft stuff and a bit more of the actual developer stuff because i actually was in mm. i invested more in him and his family his situation at the actual development of the game if they'd had a bit more on the creation yeah. of that like my, one of my favorite scenes is actually i mean we're kind of fully spoiled but that's not a lot to spoil <laughs> believe me like um and like one of my favorite scenes is when Taron Egerton's character. Actually, I always like Taron Egerton. Yeah. I think he's. Yeah, no, I think good. he's really good. Um, is when he goes to his house and they like together. I don't know if this is how it happened. Together, they're like, "What if all four lines disappeared at the same time?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like, and they that, do that. Like, I, I like that bit. That was a bit more like social yeah. networky. Yeah. Like, um, but yeah, like I say, I like Taron Egerton a lot. Like, let me yeah. get to my second major problem. Okay, <laughs> Taron Egerton. <laughs> so, so, no, no, I know. I thought he was good, and also I'm being really hard on this one, but there was a lot that I enjoyed. It's absolutely fine. I it's did just, like as yeah. a massive fan of Tetris. I did enjoy mm. the story overall. I just thought it was, you know, it was okay. So my yeah, my second major problem beyond the graphics is the fact that in I keep going back to social network, but it's the it's the nearest comparison point that I can think of where there's this great moment of build and discovery to facebook right and this from the off in which in the first scene he's like found this thing it's called tetris it's gonna be amazing and i never feel Mm. like they sell in the initial premise like someone who doesn't know what tetris is i mean who's that right but someone who might not know (laughs) i never felt like they delivered on the promise. i wanted him to i wanted to see him struggling for a longer time and come to the conclusion that tetris was the answer and to chase that dream and i never really believed that dream it was just the start of him was uh, can I have some money because uh, there's this thing and it's amazing and I like I wanted to go along on that ride with him and I never felt like I got that. Yes, I think mm-hmm. script writing needs him to have a, an amount of peril that also isn't his own choosing, right? Yeah. Like if he's in over his head because of something else too, that'd be like a little bit more compelling. But if he fucks up and he doesn't get to keep his house, then that's you know that that's just him really. That's that's his fault, right? Also, that that whole element of his daughter and like the, the you know the the disappointment his wife has in him. He's just pretty much brushed under the carpet once he gets the deal done. Mm-hmm. They just move on from that yeah. and they're fine with it. Um, yeah. Yeah. They don't mention uh, Ghislaine Maxwell. I was so. genuinely thinking about this the whole time. <laughs> I was like, because yeah. I was like, I only I mean, know... there's no need to in this story, but it would have been weird if it's just like corner of frame. It's like, here's my, yeah, my, my daughter, daughter. Ghislaine, um, <laughs> named after a boat that I uh, will eventually go on holiday on and die under mysterious circumstances. <laughs> it did actually make me think that I want the Robert Maxwell movie. Like, I think that that'll be a really interesting story someday if anybody's brave enough. Yeah, I don't think I'll. You need, you need a likable character in a story, though. Mm. Maybe it's the, the the small man he was trying to screw over or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's it, like it's an okay film, but it's it's. I don't think it's ever going to be a film I watch again. Put it that way. Um, no. But you know what? I'm playing a game that I've played before, and I'm definitely 
do you know what? I'm playing it again now. I'll probably play it again in a few years. Resident Evil 4. I know we've talked about it a lot. It again. Exactly. <laughs> a lot of people have already said this. It's not a surprise. Resident Evil 4. Very good game, isn't it? Very good game. Who knew? I'm only like eight hours in, but I'm just having such a good time. I was just going to the castle. Met everyone's favourite Mar- Margaret Thatcher impersonator <laughs> in Salazar. Um, and yeah, I'd forgotten. Like It's been a good at least ten years since I've played the original. And... I'd completely forgotten about that, um, and they've probably made it much more horrible in this version. But I just um, defeated the little uh, dungeon keeper guy who like can only hear you. Oh, yeah. the Garador. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am. Um, mm-hmm. I just shot him. I, I didn't even do the sneak, and I had so much shotgun ammo. Oh, you just, just shot like, him while he was you. hanging up. I just went for him. Yeah, <laughs> did him. Like he still chased me for a bit, and I did some dodging. But like, and I have my my favorite gun, my broken butterfly. I've got it. Um, nice. Very useful on the old uh, swirling heads, but um, yeah, I'm just, I'm not really playing it subtly. I'm just like, luckily, I've not really been short of ammo on many occasions yet, and I'm just, I'm just. That's why I love about Resident Evil Four is just going for it. Like, mm. it just, it's just so much fun. And I think Matt uh, Perzo uh, recently said, like, arguably the most satisfying headshots in any game. Still, just yeah. so good. I mean, it's yeah. very, if you take your time and explore the environments, it's very, it can be very generous with ammo, especially because of crafting. Um, it's if you play a little bit more wild and run through it, then you start to get to, you know, dangerous scenarios. Like my first time playing through the villa sequence, I just went into that so ill-prepared. I did not have enough stuff going in. Mm-hmm. But I've spoken to people like yourself who have taken a lot more time than I did. And yeah, they, you know, they're, they're over-equipped at that point. So, yeah. I did do that bit first time, but I was struggling. Like I, there was a bit where I stuck on the stairs surrounded by about eight people. I was like, oh my Lord, how am I doing this? But <laughs> I, 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 I just loved it. And do you know what? Ashley is still not, she's, especially that bit just as you get to the castle and there's all like the, um, like uh, what you call it? Uh, catapult stuff. Yeah. She kept being hit by those. I was just like, come on now stop this just get up yourself i can't so, keep going back for you something i haven't spoken about actually is the um the the wait and come here like commands mm. they're like basically useless in this game like oh yeah she, like, I've come- she just she when you it's it's stick next to me or stick about two meters behind me and she's still like putting herself in danger i want to tell her to wait places and I, there is a couple of times you can do that but it's it's quite rare like it doesn't happen yeah, yeah. much like when you like the two um yeah when you have the two uh chainsaw ladies you can tell her to hide mm, but yeah. um yeah did like you, I've uh, been turning to that sequence, stay back did either of you uh she just runs at you after the uh, encounter's over i almost shot her like <laughs> it freaked oh, me you, out it's with a cannon the, uh no after the chainsaw ladies bit uh, she's like you know oh, been right. hiding and she'll just r- run out afterwards like it's one of the biggest <laughs> jump scares in any game so <laughs> Um, but to go back to the cannon, you can shoot it directly in the face of the cannon and nothing happens, by the way. Cool. I tested it for research, obviously. <laughs> good, good research, good research. I um, I forgot to pick up Mendez's eye. I know you don't oh, need mate. it anymore. I checked it. But that's the 12 grand I've just left on the floor. <laughs> But, oh well, I'm 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 well stocked. But yeah, I'm having yeah, I'm having such a good time. But I'm getting like the first third of the game was always my favourite part, so mm-hmm. I know I'm over my favourite part. But maybe changes have made the rest of it better so i think it's knows? i think it's yeah, pretty consistently fun. good like uh like in the the remake yeah the island was easily the worst part of the the first game but even then it's still like a you know a high quality um i do think 
it always in the remake and the original always got a bit silly when Mike the helicopter pilot came and it just it wasn't Can't really wait. Resident Evil anymore at that point. But mm-hmm. uh, but no, yeah. like this there's, there's so much to love. I think I've got it, the like, rocket launcher. It, I've got it ready. It recognizes its ch- like that's the thing that I always loved about Resident Evil Four is that like it knows that as you get pa- more powerful, it needs to change its tone. So mm. when you're overpowered, it just becomes a completely different game, like very yeah. deliberately, because it wouldn't work if it tried to scare you when you've got all this equipment like leveled up to where it is, mm-hmm. which is totally yeah. the right way to handle design. Yeah, like I said, I've got that. Um, I've got the uh, one use RPG ready. I've got it. I know exactly what I'm saving what it for. What are you for. saving it for? I'm gonna I'm gonna freeze a big boy, uh, and then shatter them. Oh, uh, yeah, okay, the Verdugo. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I know that if you don't do that, that can be a bit of a... Well, I remember from the original, I had a bit of a pain doing that fight, so I can basically one-shot him if I remember right with that. Um, uh, yes, you should be able to. Um, yeah. You can also escape that fight without killing him as well. So, you know, do weigh it up. Do you want to use your rocket launcher there, or do you want to save it for someone else? You've all heard about the egg <laughs> trick by now as well, yes, right? Yes, yes. Very yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's tons yeah. of like tricks and things like that coming out now. As I'm very tempted to, st- I've pl- finished it twice, but I'm very tempted to start a professional run now that I've got the infinite rocket launcher mm. and just sort of see what, how fast I can get through it and what sort of chaos I can get up to as well. Could you do the um, the bit where you need the dynamite by using the rocket launcher instead? Uh, no, but I know you can do that, and I will do that on my run. Yeah, you can skip a whole section. There's a few sections you can skip completely. When you've got like infinite rocket launchers, or if you're clever with grenades mm-hmm. as well, once once you know, anyway, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah, still a good anyway. game. Turns out exactly. This will probably be the last week until what the end of the year. We'll talk about this game, maybe. Mercenaries yeah, comes come out this week. Sure. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, yeah. Maybe we'll talk about mercenaries because I played a ton of that. As yeah. a kid, I also so, did yeah. as well. I haven't. Uh, we haven't had any confirmation that there is going to be um, separate ways. Is it called? Was that the no? Version? But it, it, it's very much mm-hmm. uh, spoilers. Caddy. Be surprised. It's very much did. teased at the end of the game. Leon says yeah. the line. Let's go our separate ways. Oh, nice. So. Very nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wonder what that means. Yeah. I was thinking earlier today about how one of my favorite things, I was like, oh, this isn't in it. I haven't noticed this yet. Uh, and it's in the separate ways. Uh, it's the Ganado that's wearing Leon's jacket. I thought right. Leon yeah, sees yeah. him, but no, that's in the Ada bit. Well, it's so weird because like, they have, they have like swap brought, so like the Chainsaw sisters are from, were from either Assignment Ada or the separate ways, I can't remember, but they weren't, like, they were ported into this mm. one. And then there's things that have been taken out of this one that you never know. They might end mm. up in that as well. Maybe. So, yeah, like, I can imagine that there'll be the, like, giant robot will be maybe in another one because it's too good to completely lose. Ooh, I but don't I guess, know. You, can't, you kind of got a version of that in the game. Yeah. What about the lasers? Yeah. You do get the lasers in. Yeah, there's um, this is spoilers for Card again, but there's a Salazar in the castle. There's a Salazar statue. It's like probably about half the size, mm-hmm. and it breathes fire, and its head turn rotates and breathes right. fire. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the oh, same statue. Yeah. yeah. That's fun. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to crack on with that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, it's a good game. Very mm. good game. Um, yeah, play Resident Evil Four if you never have, and if you have, you can play the original. Still, play still that's still pretty good. I couldn't go back. I tried. I just can't deal with the uh, the walking and aiming. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, it's been too long of games being able to let you walk and aim. Mm. That I just I can't. I think do I it. do like that. Uh, your aiming just gets so much better when you're not moving, right? Like that. Uh, it doesn't like you still can move and shoot, but you probably mm. don't, which I really like. 
Like, Do you know what? Yeah. There's an equivalent in this game of not being able to walk and shoot at the same time, and that's not being able to crouch and shoot at the mm. same time. Yeah, yeah. There was lots of mm-hmm. occasions where I'm crouching under something, and I was like, oh, I could take cheap shots here, but it won't let you do it. That is what I want in the Resident Evil 4 remake. <laughs> remake, remake, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll, we'll write to Capcom <laughs> with that specific thing. Um, but... It's not the last Resident Evil we'll be talking about on this podcast because Dale, you've you've had a talk to uh, everyone's favourite floppy blonde haired gen- gentleman. I have. Well, the new version of everyone's favourite mm. Resident Evil Four floppy blonde haired gentleman. Uh, <laughs> so Nick Apostoles is his name, and he is the guy who does the voice for Leon in Resident Evil Four. And he was kind enough to give me some time, and we had a chat. Um, I also got him to do. Read a few of his lines out in his Leon voice as well, so look forward to that. Um, so yeah, let's throw to that interview right now. Resident Evil 4. Okay, I'm back on the podcast and I have a special guest with me today. Um, he's got a very familiar voice if you've played a certain game that's come out recently. Um, I think I'll just let him introduce himself. Where's everyone going? Bingo. Hey, what's happening everybody? My name's Nick Apostolidis and I did voice... Leon Kennedy in the RE2 and RE4 remakes. How's everyone doing? <laughs> Thanks for joining us, Nick. Uh, like, I'm super excited just even hearing you deliver that line like Leon. Like Everyone on the podcast knows I'm a huge <laughs> Resident Evil fan as well. So like, oh, I can cool. tell you, I was, my smile was like so wide then when I heard that. Um, what's, your, what's your background with Resident Evil? Like, How did you even get into this? I mean, this is pretty surreal. You might hear a lot of this in interviews if you ever hear them with me, but... I, I'm really just a fan that got lucky. This has been my favorite franchise since 1998. At Whoa. the time, it was the the most mature, scariest game I ever played. And it changed everything for me. The The survival horror genre became my favorite instantly like that. And, mm. um, you know, the fact that I started with the OG2 and Leon Kennedy was my first character I ever controlled in a Resi game. And then how many years later, I got the opportunity to portray him that was a mind fuck can i wait can i swear you can swear yeah we swear on this podcast all the time there were okay (laughs) well that was a mind fuck and then a few years later when they said hey by the way do you want to be in four oh i lost my shit because the og4 has been my favorite game of all time since Mm. 2005 and that doesn't happen often as an actor is you get to you get to collaborate with a with a team you've been playing their games of for 30 years as Capcom and then remaking your favorite game of all time. It's just mm, I don't I don't know how to put that in words. So no. to say I'm happy, that's an understatement. I don't even know what the emotion is, but So how did the actual opportunity like when did you first hear that they were interested in you for Leon? Well, I auditioned just like any other project and this was back in early to 2016 maybe and i saw that they were remaking the uh the two remake there and mm. i flipped out and I, I i wasn't even sure it was the real project and when i auditioned i said is this for the actual video game and they said yep and we're casting for leon and i freaked out because i'm such a fan and i told them i told them i spilled my my heart out to them and i said this this is so important to me. And look, I'm not begging you for the role. I said, but if you if you consider me, I will give you one hell of a Leon. And I understand the whole universe. I understand, I've been a Resi fan all my life, it seems. And they ended up going with me. And I'm just really thankful, really grateful. Can you remember anything from the audition? Was there any like, particular lines that they made you do that like audiences would recognize we'd recognize? No. In 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 the audition process for two, 
it was completely new writing. Mm. Uh, they gave some context. They they gave us, I think, some YouTube videos from some of the cinematics from the original just to give us context. I did not watch them because I was so intimately familiar. Yeah. I didn't even want to be influenced. They said, we want to see your personality, how you bake that into this character. And I said, okay. So I, I just brought my Nick personality, my Nick essence, and I have fortunately a lot in common with this guy, Leon Kennedy. And so it just translated well. And I didn't have to, I didn't really have to jump through a lot of hoops to uh, suspend that disbelief and become him. Um, I just trusted myself. Um, I think, I think it's fair to say, like, I imagine most people agree that, you know, the original Resident Evil and Resident Evil 2, you know, the, the you know, the, it wasn't Capcom at their peak in terms of writing dialogue and stuff. But by the time they got to four, they'd really sort of refined who Leon was and who, yeah. what Resident Evil's tone was as well. Um, like, how familiar were you with the original Resident Evil 4 script? It, I mean, it was definitely cheesy. I have beat that game about 50 times. And mm -hmm. so I can beat that in my sleep, literally. And it's uh, it's a different tone. And they were going more in like um, the kind of bombastic, like 80s, 90s action film tone, whereas the uh, the the first three were more uh, they were simpler they focused more on the survival horror the horror aspects and this was more like an action movie and they wanted that just the epitome of the action hero and that's what leon kind of felt like but yeah his voice portrayed by paul mercier the great paul mercier it was so butter smooth and mm. i used to sit playing that with my little brother and we used to just daydream and say hey dave wouldn't it be cool to be a, a cool character like leon and maybe like be someone in these games one day you know we would literally daydream about that and here it is it's just really a strange phenomena <laughs> was there was there was always the hope after you did too that they would ask you back for four absolutely yeah yes yes did they ever give you any indication beyond when you actually got cast yes <laughs> okay but <laughs> but i've learned enough i've learned enough to in this industry to not celebrate not smoke yeah. that cigar until you are on set and you hear the word action. Right. So I, I kept my expectations pretty low. Um, just I just planted a lot of seeds of faith and <laughs> just and here we are. So um, when it, when you you got the green light and you knew you were recording for four, um, when you first saw the script, is there like was there any lines in there that you thought, oh, you know, I wish that I'd maintained from the original, or was there any like new things that you thought, oh, that's really any a different approach or an exciting approach? Yes. Um, as much as I love the original, I saw how much they changed and adapted to remake mm -hmm. that I, I didn't know what to expect going into it, to be honest. And I felt like this game had even more of a legacy to uphold an expectation with the fans. It, I think being the most popular game in the series, I think all around. And I wasn't sure when I read the script, I started reading the lines. I started formulating my idea of what I wanted Leon to be. I really just worked very closely with the cinematic director, um, of course, with the company Capcom and um, and also the localization director mm. who he took the Japanese script and it was his job to translate it, um, make it more cultural, I guess, for uh, to be understood by the Western culture uh, for the at least the English version of this game. And so I think together we all shaped this character with some of the old lines. I love that the honored some of the classics, but some of the new ones, we got to really work at that. Um, Wes Bishop, again, he uh, he had some really good ideas and we would just riff off me and him. And 
you know, Steve, the cinematic director, Steve Nibley, he had a lot of good ideas and we just shaped it and I accepted it for what it was and it turned out pretty phenomenal and uh, it's, it's getting great reviews and we're just ecstatic about that. Yeah, I mean, I love the game. I mean, IGN itself gave it a 10 out of 10 as well. We think it's a masterpiece. Um, what you mentioned to me earlier before we were recording uh, that the bingo line wasn't in the original script for the remake. Well, a lot of those lines, the classics, they were they were there as possible keepers or possible alternatives. Right. Uh, alt takes. And, and that's just kind of how recording goes. You get a lot of variety and they'll see what fits the best in the final product. Uh, until I played the game or until the footage started coming out for the marketing, I didn't even know they kept that line. Nice. It's That's how many you, you record. And so yeah. I'm very happy that they kept that because, yeah, a lot of fans would have been pretty disappointed. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I, I myself was lucky enough to get it to get to play the game at a preview event in October. And I remember one of the most exciting things I could write about was, yes, the bingo line is still in the game. And it was like one of the biggest responses I got. Um, also have a similar question in terms of one of my personal favorite lines is when uh, when you save the dog and the attacks during the El Gigante fight, and then Leon just acknowledges that, hey, it's that dog. Um, yeah. was, was, that, was there an, ever an alternative version of that? We recorded thousands of lines for this game and it's hard for me to remember like the specifics of every single scenario, sure. but I just know that we had so many uh, alts, so many options and options. Cause again, while they're developing it six to eight months after we're done filming, you never know how it's going to feel, how scenes are going to play out the atmosphere. And so having options is nice. I'm glad that they kept the old dog section in. A lot of people <laughs> were afraid about that when they, yeah. they kind of threw out that, um, that uh is a red herring is the word with the dead yeah, dog yeah definitely yeah it's a bait and switch wasn't it at the start the of the bait game switch yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i'm happy and they actually gave his uh relationship with the dog a, a little bit of mustard in this one yeah and he saved him he says a little something he they turned leon into a dog guy which is great because i'm a dog guy i've had nice. dogs all my life and i absolutely love the creatures um so you said you recorded thousands of lines of dog is there yeah. one in particular that was your favorite to deliver I got to say, this line was, uh, I think my favorite, like one liner badass comeback was actually not even written by me. It was, it was written by Wes Bishop, the localization director. And it's went at the very, oh, you know what? I don't know if we can talk about spoilers. Okay. Okay. I can say the line. I won't say where it is. Okay. That's fair enough. Okay. My favorite line is when Leon says, I'll give you a holy body. <laughs> and that to me was just absolute pure 14 karat gold for yeah. a line and uh it was a great suggestion i think we nailed it in delivery and i think it was placed right and uh yeah that's my favorite um am i right in thinking that you did the motion capture performance as well yes for 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 resident evil 2 infinite darkness and for four as well awesome um so how did it differ this time around for four, considering like in the game, Leon's, he's way more trained, he's way more mobile, you know, yeah. he's, he's doing lots of more spectacular things. How did it change this time? Oh, goodness. I, I'm glad you asked that. For me, it was like they took off the shackles for me. Oh, okay. When I auditioned for RE2, it was very physical and they wanted to see how I moved with firearms, if I could do simple tactical roles, just see if I was physical at all. But they warned me and they said, you know, if you book this, it's not really like an action role. It's more like a dramatic role and there's a little bit of action. And I was like, okay, that's fine. With this game, I knew 
was going to be an action game. And I said, yes, give it to me because my background is an action actor. Um, I've been doing my own stunts for 10 years. I have the firearms training. I'm tough as nails when it comes to the physicality of a role. And there was much more action in this one and in infinite darkness. But uh, for this one, I got to do a lot of my own stunt work and I was so familiar with the scenes. So I was literally having the time of my life. I felt like a kid on set. They couldn't beat me up enough. And um, I think that answers your question. Yeah. Yeah. We have, uh, um, so um, I think it's documented now that the, the laser room, the grid room is cut from the remake that was in the original. We ever secretly disappointed. You didn't get to do those moves. Well, stuff like that, I will say, <laughs> Stunt, some uh, some really talented. Some people did do a lot of the work in the game. Stuff that I can't do, like backflips yeah. and and high falls and stuff like that. Um, they, you know, I can't risk getting hurt for stuff like that. And I could mm -hmm. try, but it's not my forte. It's not my specialty. So I won't claim credit for all of the stunts in this game. Just yeah. some of them. Um, I definitely, yeah, by that the way, would have been cool to see. I definitely didn't think you could do those stuff in the laser because most human beings can't do those things. No, but I've seen some stunt people. I, I'm pretty surprised by them, what they can yeah. do. And uh, last thing, if they continue this remake train, meet remake trend, can we see you in six, do you think, maybe? I have no idea. That's, uh, you know, we'll cross that bridge when it comes, if it comes for me. I have no idea. I'm just trying to really celebrate this moment and and make peace with the fact that this may be my last run in with Leon Kennedy might be the last time I portray him. And that's totally fine yeah. because if I had to go out on one project, it would be this one. Definitely. You know, right. You know, remaking my favorite game of all time. It's like, Hey, topping this in my career is going to be kind of hard. I'm not going to give up on that, but <laughs> it's going to be hard. Yeah. And before we sign off, Nick, maybe one, uh, hasta luego. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Hasta luego. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. What a lovely man. I've in, been enjoying uh, using his wonderful uh, military skills to shoot people in the head. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's, all, that's all I have to say about that. Um, let's go on to some feedback, shall we? I've been like I've been away for two weeks, and it's not even I, it's not even my fault. All the feedback, like not all of it, but a lot of it has been about donuts, um, donut vans as well. You know, with, it, donut fans specifically yeah. <laughs> in the Midlands. Like, what are we what, what are we turning into? I, I, I'm sure we'll get to that in feedback, but I've noticed a few people saying they're not just in the Midlands, and now I think I've spotted the root of our problem, which was mm -hmm. me and Matt were on a podcast with Jesse, and Jesse had never heard of them. Oh. But what I yeah, really everywhere, yeah, like, I should have realised that Jesse is not a worldly man. Even he's not even a, he <laughs> doesn't even know Has he been to the Midlands? <laughs> yeah, no. Has he been north of Watford? No. <laughs> so the problem wasn't just we thought they were just we thought they were just in the Midlands, but the problem was because Jesse didn't know about them. Yeah, I've definitely seen donut vans around. I've smelt them. You smell them before you see them, don't you? Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think we've only actually got one uh, email that actually references the donuts because I thought I'd mix it up a bit. But thank you for all the donut emails. Um, there's, there were some good ones. Thank you. <laughs> uh, the first email is from Rich Silvey, who says, 
Duck Hunt. Long time, few times. And then we've got different topics here we've been speaking about. So first up, films. We've been talking about people ever since the mad <laughs> listener who saw Midsummer six nights in a row wrote in. Um, and the mad Jesse Gomez who saw Battleship four times. Five times. Oh, guess. Five, was it? Oh, my God. I, uh, that... Do you know what that would that would have sunk my uh, life supply? I think not just my battleship. Seeing oh, that film, dear. you couldn't Too even play battleship again after <laughs> going that many times. No, it's a like it's a game of pure guessing. Where's the skill in battleship? Like, come on, you play that once every five years, and you go, yeah, I've had my fill of that. Yeah, like, come on, let's get over battleship as a society, shall we? Right, first, Rich says he saw Casino Royale three times in the cinema, twice on my own. The best way. And then once now with my with my now ex wife, watching films alone is life changing. Love it. <laughs> I think I saw Casino Royale two or three times actually mm. in the cinema. I feel like three wow. times is the cutoff, right? I think going to the cinema for three times for a film you really, really, really like is probably acceptable. I think the cinema I've, the thing I've seen most I saw Inception four times. I still uh, don't get it. <laughs> yeah, what is going <laughs> on? A cinema within a cinema within a cinema. Uh, no, what? <laughs> Um, I saw that four times. I think I saw Watchmen like three times. Whoa. I, I did like well, I still like Watchmen. I like Watchmen. Still yeah, think it's good. good. Um, but I was like massively into the comic back then. Um, but yeah, I, that's most I've seen a film. Anyway, uh, Rich also says he saw Rambo 3 uh, in the in the very late 80s, back when actually owning a film was <laughs> legitimately was not even remotely a thing. I used to rent Rambo 3 from Blockbusters pretty much on a weekly basis for at least a year. Blimey. Sorry, like 50 times. <laughs> um, I loved that film and actually learned about geopolitics of that region from it. Not sure how much I spent over that time, but way more than it would cost to own a film these days. Oh, yeah. Almost definitely. I don't think, yeah. I've not actually seen Rambo 3, so I can't comment if the geopolitical uh, readings that film presents are accurate or not. Is that the one um, that's dedicated to the brave Mujahideen fighters, or is that... uh, I don't know, I haven't seen it. Uh, But yeah, you know what? I've definitely... Oh, do you remember Block? I'm not going to do that. Do you remember Blockbuster turn into a Peter K routine, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> I do, though. Um, I do vividly remember. Uh, <laughs> I, I do. As if well. I can get a little nostalgic for a minute, Blockbuster was like why I got into games criticism. Because I was able Ooh. to, like, on the Friday when a new game came out, like, go in and maybe spend a fiver and I was able to get it, right? And so that mm-hmm. it meant that I was playing, like, every big release. And I would do that, like, all the way through uni when I had no money. And now if I mm-hmm. want to, like, you know, if I'm a, like, let's say I'm just starting out as a critic, like, where am I going to get the copy from? Like, where where are yeah. you going to build up your understanding of what games are good by so not being able I to play everything anymore? Watching the touch I used streams. to rent maybe, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I used to rent games from my local library. They used to give out games, yeah, like yeah, PS2 that, games, yeah. and it was ch- quite cheap as well. Like, if you had a library card, I think you could get like one out for like two quid a week or something. It was really good. Um, yeah. I mean, Blockbuster were actually surprisingly good for trade-ins. Underrated for trade-in prices, you could get better, better than Game. Probably not better than Game Station at the time. Mm. Game Station well, were always my go-to. There we go. Let's talk about trade-ins. What's the best ever deal you got in a trade-in? IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN.com. That's actually a genuine topic that might be interesting. There we yeah, go. Yeah, what's the what's best deal you ever get, got on a game as well? I want to know that too. Um, yeah. I, <laughs> I remember I got like the original Uncharted for like 10 quid, like only a couple of months after it came out because the case was missing the cover and 
Just printed out my own cover for it. There you go. Oh, I got a bully for the Xbox, the Xbox 360 Mm. version uh, from a shop that was closing down. So they had like marked off the price and then I played it all the way through and then traded it into game for more store credit than I'd paid in cash for. Yeah. You're the real bully. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Canis Canem Edit, I believe it was oh, called. Actually, Canis Canem Edit was the PS2 release, but by the time it got to the 360, it was just oh, called Bully again. It's called Bully Scholarship Edition. Yeah. So if you're trying to catch me out, you better get up earlier. <laughs> you do have a bit of... Um, you have a bit... Is Jimmy, right? You, you have a bit of a J- Jimmy look. Mm. Oh, yeah, on. he does, doesn't he? Actually. Yeah, yeah based him off go. me. If you ever need some cosplay for... Uh, Dress up like uh, a child, event. is it, Cardi? <laughs> yeah, dress up as, in a little blue jumper, a uh, Bullworth Academy jumper. Uh, don't dress up in as a little schoolboy. I think that'd be really weird. <laughs> it worked for the crankies. Oh. It can work for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, right now, uh, Rich moves on to food. We've got more. Donut fans are a thing in Leeds too. At the Junction Thirty Two shopping centre, they have them. And whilst it's greasy as hell, the smell—oh, the smell is absolutely amazing. I, I can confirm because I lived in Leeds for three years. I definitely had a donut in Leeds. Yeah. So I can confirm Rich's story. <laughs> He's not lying. Um, also, the bakery near me makes cruffins. Mm. Croissants mixed with muffins. White chocolate and pistachio. Chuff me. <laughs> Chuff they're good. Me. <laughs> that <laughs> does sound good, to be fair. White chocolate and pistachio. Anything sounds good. I am... Um, the reason I was away is because I had like a week, week and a half in San Francisco. And do you know what's all the rage over there, I noticed? All the breakfast places I was going to, croffles, like croissant waffles mixed. Oh. Um, I didn't have one because I'm British. Yeah. Um, <laughs> cup of Earl Grey, please. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think you're like wasting your time if you're not eating a thing that's also another thing. Like, you can't just yeah. eat a thing anymore. It's got to be, it's got to have another layer. I just went for the waffles with, for breakfast I had, like, it was a massive Belgian waffle with cream, ice cream, blueberries, and strawberries. That was a good time. That's that's what holidays are for, I think. Uh, ice cream for breakfast. Um, but yeah, no uh, cruffins. I'm not sure about um, it. I'm trying to imagine, what's a muffin mixed with? Are we talking like a... Like an English muffin, like a breakfast muffin, or like a choc chip muffin. What do you think here? Mm, I think. It, well, I mean, the first thought went to like an English muffin, but yeah, me too. I mm. once uh, made cookies inside like a muffin tin, uh, and it didn't quite work. But I guess that's like a crookie. Crookie, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, could be a crookie. Um, what two bakery items have you mixed together? Jesus. IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN.com. And lastly from Rich, video games. Linking back to Rambo. I had it on what must have been the Sega Master System as it was a light was it ah, as it was light gun compatible. Whatever happened to those, eh? No one played them, Rich. That's what happened to them. Yeah. No one bought them. No one played them. I think L C D TV saw the end of them as they only work properly with CRTVs. Anyway. I bloody love Duck Hunt (laughs) (laughs) and would love a proper home lighting light gun experience again. You can kind of like VR's VR's kind of overtaken. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and first person shooters, really. I guess like the light gun experience is like when you think back to it, is pretty limited, right? Mm -hmm. It felt like the perfect arcade thing for me, like a quick go on a cool light gun. A bit of time crisis. Yeah, I want to say there are modern light guns. Like I, I think modern light gun technology does exist, but I haven't researched yeah. the topic. I mean, the Wii, I th- I the think... Wiimote is light gun technology, right? It's the same mm-hmm. thing, really. The PlayStation Move tried. Yeah. Like VR probably is your best shout, but like I understand that's also at least probably a six hundred quid investment to do that. So yeah. Um, anyway, 
Respect the sea and the salty grave diggers. Keep up the above <laughs> average work. That we don't that's want to sound like yeah, I'll that's, take it. Yeah, I think that's know. appropriate. I'll take it. You know, if you're consistently great, no one notices when you do. We keep saying great. that seven out of ten is a good score. Yeah. If you know, we'd be happy to receive exactly. it. I'll let it go, exactly. Rich, because you brought the word chuff back into my life, and I haven't <laughs> heard that in a long time. And I want people to email in saying. Chuffin' hell, it's an email. Or Chuffin' hell, it's the IGN UK podcast. Or, or, or Chuffin' hell, here's a vibe check as you've been trying to get There you the go, Chuffin' hell, chuff hell, I've got a vibe check for you. There we go. I don't know. I Have you got a word? Why didn't you read a vibe check for us? I will us? read a vibe check. Chuff me is more of a uh, Simon Miller thing than a Simon Cardi thing. <laughs> uh, this yeah, is from Tom, a, Love, Tom Lovegrove. And he says, hi, guys and gals. As my last email was a bit of a life story, I'll keep this one short and sweet. I saw the Scooby-Doo movie four fucking times at the cinema when I was eight. That's nearly six hours in total. My poor parents had to sit there as I gazed in awe at that CGI monstrosity of a dog. I'm pretty sure when the sequel Monsters Unleashed came out, my dad dad flat out refused to be the parent to take me to see it. He had that thousand yard stare thinking about the first film. (laughs) Scooby-Doo had broken him. As always, stay safe, respect the sea and fear the CGI Great Dane. I like, watched the Scooby Doo movie recently, like in the last three or four years. Um, I'm still a massive Linda Cardellini fan, and that's all I have to say about the film. Okay, Scooby is, is the new one, isn't it? That's the new, the new animated. Scoob, yeah, 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 yeah. That um, that trailer did well for us. That's all I remember about <laughs> yeah, that. It's still film. going on People about it five years later. <laughs> Scoob, Scoob numbers. If a trailer does like a million in a day, it's known as a Scoob. That's a Scoob. Uh, that's Scoob, <laughs> scoob yeah. numbers. Yeah, got a Scoob on our yeah. hands. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I have always loved Scooby D. Yeah, he's good. Cool. Yeah. I didn't as see the new one as a dog or as a cartoon. I like him. Oh, have you got any Scooby treats for me, uh, Matt? What's in the next email? Called uh, Scooby Snacks, Cardi. Yeah. That's another oh, one I got I myself on down. you there. You wouldn't know how tired I am. Such a Scooby Doo yeah. fan. He doesn't even. He calls them Scooby uh, treats. It's like, the, it's like the Scooby snacks we got at home. Look, I need to sleep. All right, and this isn't helping. I think I called uh, Robert Maxwell Philip Maxwell earlier as well. I'm all over the place. <laughs> Philip, I think that's his son, other son. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Oh, they're all tossers. Anyway, yeah. let's carry on. <laughs> uh, at least, no, I'm not going to make that joke. We can cut this. Um, <laughs> Ronan Conlon. Con- oh, we'll go with Con- Conlon. Conlon. Mm-hmm. Conlon? Yeah. 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 Ronan Conlon. <laughs> Hi, guys. Just seen the news that E3 has been cancelled and thought a great idea for a podcast might be for you guys to recount your favourite E3 moments, whether that be trailers, announcements, gameplay showcases, or stories from attending yourselves. Love the show. Keep up the great work. Ronan. Peggle 2. That was genuinely going to be my answer. Yeah, I, I still do How that. Not when, whenever the second thing of anything comes out, my first thing is a guy jumping in the air and saying, <laughs> saying Peggle 2. Most, yeah. most of my memories are now uh, the way people shout announcements. Mm-hmm. Like I'm thinking Ridge Racer. Yeah, yeah, Ridge Racer. <laughs> I even still uh, think about how ridiculous a price point 599 US oh, dollars yeah. is. Like the, even the, now, like spending that amount of money is ridiculous. Dude, the best thing about that clip is the just silence in the room for about 20 <laughs> seconds after he announces it. It's like yeah. it's one of those in a comedy film you'd hear someone going. <coughs> like that it's Man, just yeah. like just pure silence is brilliant it's like he it's, unveiled it's the homer 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a shame E3 is going because it, 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 was, it was once amazing. But mm. um, yeah, I don't think we've got enough material for a full episode, but we have enough for a few minutes now. But uh, yeah. I don't know. Um, I only ever went to one. Turned out to be the last one in person, 2019. It was, you know, you could tell it was not what it was at that point. It was still, I still had a great time, but yeah. you could tell it was on its way out. But um, the one thing I got to do was go to a conference, and I always wanted to do that. I got to go to the Bethesda one, yes. and that's when, like, Ghostwire Tokyo was announced. Um, I think uh, Deathloop was announced that day as well. There's some Doom Eternal stuff going on. That was amazing. Like, it wasn't, you know... No one's going all the 2019 Bethesda conference. That was the one. But for me, that was the one because it was yeah. the only one I went yeah, to. It didn't yeah, have it Mr. Caffeine there. But, <laughs> no, was, but um... we did have... Um... No, go on. Oh, I was just going to go... You carry on, Caddy, because I was going to go and give my old story, all my stories. Oh, then. no, no. you got... I haven't really got much to okay. say about this. Um, so, yeah, I was also lucky enough to go. I went a couple of times. But the conferences, yeah, the things that stick out in your mind, right? Um I was super lucky to be at the... I was at the Ubisoft conference when Miyamoto was in the crowd for Mario and Rabbids. Uh, mm-hmm. That was, like, really, really special to be there for that. Uh, I also got to do a couple of Sony ones, and I got to do the Sony one where... I don't know... I can't remember what it looked like on stream because I never watched it back, but you, we started off in a room that looked like the dining hall from The Last of Us Part Two, and then we moved into a big theatre, and it was... They just showed Ghost of Tsushima, Spider-Man... Death Stranding, I think, and then The Last of Us Part Two, and but it was like you got moved from room to room in between. Yeah, it was yeah. like something very unique that I'd never seen. At that was E2. the weird like one, yeah, where they were playing just like music, like on another stage. Yeah, time, yeah, that's it? right. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I think the the uh, I've got a hazy memory of the guy who wrote The Last of Us music playing on acoustic disc guitar on stage as mm-hmm. well. Um, yeah, they were they were very like special memories, you know, like and like as a kid who grew up like. Staying up late for E3 press conferences, it was like a dream come true at that point. Yeah, like mm-hmm. we are, I am going to miss it. That that aspect of it, definitely. Yeah, and just seeing people. Like we've still mm. got Gamescom. I love Gamescom. Yeah, yeah. got Jeff's big week, whatever that is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Jeff's big weekend. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever get to go to to an E3, Matt? I didn't, unfortunately. No. Uh, yeah, most of my like uh, press conference experiences are from Gamescom, but like just being able to like. E3, unlike any other time of the year, felt like you were having the big event for games, mm. right? Like, you know, it, describing it as the World Cup is probably, like, the only closest example, or, like, the WrestleMania mm-hmm. for that weekend of, like, yeah. I'm just going to see a bunch of really amazing stuff, and everybody that I know is tuning in at the same time or all experiencing the same thing. Like, that's what I really loved about it. Like, Jeff's Big Week, maybe it'll have that same level of comparison, but just doesn't, I don't know, it just doesn't have that riz. Yeah. Uh, it's a shame. It's a a sad moment, but mm. you know we'll always have the memories of Peggle too. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, there's every chance that they do decide to do it again. Doesn't mean that it is cancelled forever. We don't exactly. know that. Exactly. Nothing is dead forever. You just know, just ain't happening people... this year. Exactly. Like you know, zombies come back from the dead, don't they? So why can't E3? You know what I mean? <laughs> zombies that real. It can happen. There we go. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> anyway, the real the real E3 is the friends we made along the way. Exactly. Oh, what a lovely way to end the podcast. Uh, IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN.com. Let us know um, bakery combinations, uh, any great or terrible trade ins you did for games. Uh, and yeah, maybe if you have any E3 memories, why not? We'll, we'll, we'll hear them. That'll be lovely. Um, I think we've got to play Aqua's Barbie Girl, haven't we? 
Ooh, for the end of yeah, this. Mm-hmm. Or do we save that for when we talk for about it? Oh, yeah, we'll do it now. <laughs> <laughs> are, you, are, you, are you okay doing Are you happy saying that? Yeah. That sounded forced to me. <laughs> 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 All right. Um, well, that's another week done, isn't it? Yeah. Another one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What next, eh? More fun. Let's Probably hope. another podcast next week. Yeah. Uh, well, if you're lucky. All right. Okay. Probably Goodbye. Star Wars. Hope you like Star Wars. Bye. 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 Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.